This is an Ion Annapolis bonus podcast. Joining us on the phone is one of, if not the funniest women in comedy and one of my favorite comedians. It's Paula Poundstone. And here is a disclaimer. We are recording this on a Monday morning. So I am a personal drag ass, but I can't imagine Paula, who is on the West Coast at 6 a.m. How are you today? I'm good. You know what? My cats are already scratching at my bedroom door. That's that's, a- you know, that's sort of the alarm, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. you, well, you are heading off of the West Coast, coming to the East Coast to Ram's Head on stage on March 11th for two shows because we know the two are better than one, as always. And no, you know why I'm doing two shows because 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 it's an intimate venue. You know what that means? That's show business talk for it's very small. Yeah, that's right. So, hey, double the money, right? Well, it's small enough that I could, I mean, in most locations, I can't, I couldn't sell out two shows, but uh, um, it's small. It's, uh, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's intimate. It's the kind of place that if I were Bruce Springsteen, you would brag about having seen me. Well, we brag about having seen you there anyway. I don't, oh, I, I, well, don't I don't understand why you say that. Cause I mean, well, the 630 show is almost sold no. out. Part of the reason I say it is because I'm going to perform Thunder Road. That's part of the reason I say it. Um, 6.30 show. Can you believe there's a 6.30 show? It's like the after school special, for God's sakes. What does it say about our town that we can sell out a 6.30 show and there's tickets still available for the 9.31? I mean, we're just a bunch of geriatrics. <laughs> well, I t- no, no. It's people who are going to go to the show and then to dinner. Okay, but what about if you go to dinner first? You need to go to the show afterwards, right? I mean, come on. It's, it's over by 11 o'clock. You can still be home for, I would say Dan Rather, but he's not on news anymore. But, you know, by the 11 o'clock news. I can't believe you were going to say Dan Rather. It's been quite a while. It, it really has. Well, I mean, you, you obviously have been around for also quite a while, man. You start, you start back in what, the 80s? Uh, I started in 79. I'm, I'm on the cusp. Um yeah, it's a long time ago. Tell my little jokes. And I've been to Ramshead many, many times over the years. I, I really do love it there. It's intimate. It, it is. I'll tell you, I, lo- I love the room and everybody here really does. And you're usually a, you usually come here around your birthday. You're usually a December, a December show. It is here. usually December. Yeah. I usually, there's black ice when I come. <laughs> it's like that, that thin sheen that makes you, that you don't realize it's there. You're- and then. You're not going to farm. You're not going to know what to do when you get here in the springtime when the sunshine and the everything else. Well, well, I like it that you say in this in the sunshine. I don't think I've ever been there when it was sunny. That's a good point. Not, I mean, not just because I'm. Yeah. Uh, although I have to say, I was in. Uh, I I had cause to be in New York City this weekend, and when I left. Los Angeles. It was colder in Los Angeles than it was in New York. You know, a friend of mine showed me a thing on Facebook. They had like 12 inches of snow in Sedona uh, last week. And I'm like, are you kidding me? It's just not. Yeah. It's the- it's, it's going to ruin the wine tours. That's what it's going to do. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, have you ever been on a wine tour? I have been on a couple. And, um, and did it, did you tell yourself did you tell yourself that it was some sort of a bargain that you were that you were uh, because I 
I, I think nobody wants to admit that they're just swilling alcohol. Um, so they say, well, I'm, le- you know, it's uh, what's well, so educational. Um, and then, and then it's like somehow you were getting away with, uh, uh, you know, because you, it's free alcohol at the end, free <laughs> wine at the end. Well, yes, but you paid for the tour. Uh, but see, it serves both people. It serves the need, obviously, of the winery because they're making money. But it serves like it. It covers up your tracks for the, uh, you know, for the for the tourist for the. For the drinker, the, the truth is, no one cares how it gets made. No one, and and you walk through, and and I, because I went out one, one time, and I remember standing in the very last of the rooms that used to, because you know you walk in the, I don't know, the barrel room and the this room and the that room, and then and then you, you're in the very last room, and you can see the plastic wine cups glistening in the light <laughs> uh, you know right through the door and there's always some jerk who asks a question r- right at that po- right at that point and the whole room is like oh come on <laughs> shut up shut up no one cares right. they're right in there come on cut it up. how long does it stay in the barrel no one cares <laughs> that's, that's right you're not coming out of there as an onophile that's for sure yeah, exactly. I'm a genius. I, I know all about it. How long does it stay in the bell? <laughs> who, the, who the hell cares? It's got alcohol in it. We're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cut it out. We're here to swill. We're, we're here to pretend that just stop saying anything. Well, it stays in the bell. Yeah, the guy was almost trampled. Well, I, you know, Paul, I tell you, you've just gone on, on a terif- terrific riff here, and I don't know how the hell you do this. I mean, you've got your weekly podcast. No one listens to Paula Poundstone. You're on, uh, wait, wait, don't tell me, on NPR. And you got this crazy-ass tour doing 20 cities before summer hits. Uh, single mom, but your kids are flown and grown now pretty much, I guess, my, right? My kids, are, uh, my kids are young adults, by the way. Lousy phase. What? Young adulthood. Oh. It's a terrible it's a, it's a terrible phase. Well, A, it wasn't that much fun to live through when I was a young adult, but B... As a parent, you know, having young adults, they're just not fun. They're not fun anymore. And, and you know, the, the key to parenting when your kids are young adults is keeping your mouth shut. And that's really not my strength. Yeah. <laughs> you have to say you have to say a lot of stuff like, um, well, that might work out. You have to say stuff like that. I just had uh, eye surgery a few weeks ago and I, I haven't even been, I haven't been able to see my kids because rolling my eyes is really painful now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's best that I not be around them. Oh. Uh, so yeah, it's a terrible, <laughs> terrible phase. Are they, are they, are they in showbiz at all? Or are they in the entertainment no. industry at all? No, Good. no, no. Good for I, them. I, huh? You know, yeah, I don't think anybody. Well, I will say my oldest daughter probably, but my my oldest daughter was she liked she liked a certain amount of attention, and for all sorts of reasons, she could easily garner attention, and uh, it was just such a big part of who she was. I I remember when she was little, she was in a, a children's theater production of Beauty and the Beast, and. 
she was a stringer, you know, she was, uh, she was the old woman, the old, the old peasant woman who brings the rose. She was the, um, she was, uh, she was another, she was like a peasant in the town. She was a fork. Uh, you know, she was a stringer. She did. So, so the play is over. I went to, you know, I went to see it. So, you know, it's over. Everybody applauds. I go back and say, I tell her how wonderful she was. And, and I say, what was your favorite part? Meaning, did she like to be, you know, I don't know, the, the peasant right. or the woman with the rose or the fork? I said, what was your favorite part? And she said, the bow. <laughs> and when the flowers kept being thrown up on stage, right? Yeah, exactly. And everybody was like, oh, my heavens. That's like the most that if like if you boiled her down, if you if you put her in a giant pan and heated it. The bow <laughs> would be her essence. <laughs> oh man, you know, you know, it's funny. My kids did them when they were younger, and I, I was always the dad that forgot the uh, flowers at the end. You know, there were some dads that come with that always show you up. You know, oh here, my daughter, you were, you know, you were a great shepherd or whatever the hell it was in the play, and it's like here's the fl- yeah. the bouquet. Yeah, no, not me. My kid was like, oh, he's empty-handed again. <laughs> you know what? Come to think of it, I didn't bring flowers. I, I didn't bring flowers, but uh, you know, f- when when your daughter plays the the old woman who brings the rose, really, that you know there was a curse on that rose, <laughs> so it's not appropriate to bring flowers. That's- I brought, you know, knowing me, I, I I brought like a big bag of potato chips. <laughs> I was probably down to the end and went, oh, here. <laughs> something useful anyhow right yeah yeah i got That's, you this hey I, i'll tell you what i mean you've been around i mean you know for for a while and i'm always curious is to somebody that i mean the, the that count- was so well said by the way well but, been around for a while well i mean i'm not i didn't say you were older than dirt i mean i, no, I was i was no, trying to that was be good you know yeah but, no you that was so no. well done honestly <laughs> but i mean i know comedy is is a very tight-knit group and and craig shoemaker is a friend of mine from back in his philly days and everything else but the who are you looking at i mean you're you're seeing tons of comics that will open up for you who are you looking I at don't and you like see anybody it's so funny that you say that because as you're saying it i'm thinking no i i i I have been around a long time. That part was accurate, but I, I work alone. I, um, I work mostly theaters. Uh, Rams head on stage is a rare exception. I work about four music clubs around the country. And outside of that, it's all theaters. Um, and I work those music clubs because I've done them for a long, long time. And I really enjoy them. Uh, but, but, even, but everywhere I go, I'm by my, I'm by myself. Do you, uh, do you enjoy a small club as opposed to a theater? I mean, I, I, you said you do enjoy them, but I mean, is there one? That, I mean, I money enjoy of- those four uh, music clubs. Um, there's uh, uh, there's one in Maine that I work. There's this one. There's what uh, I work a uh, place in Alexandria, Virginia. But yeah, these are I work four intimate places. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, and outside of that, I work in, you know, I work theaters and um, I, I love all the venues I'm at. I, 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 uh, I extricated myself from, you know, quote unquote comedy clubs a long, long time ago and, and was uh, and and that was not an accident. 
No, uh, I, I like, uh, and, and I don't, I'll tell you something. I'm too selfish to have an opening act. I have the best audience in the world and I'm not sharing them with anybody for any amount of minutes. I, 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 I can't fault you for that at all. I can't, that, not at all. Do you, you don't do any college stuff anymore, do you? Um, every now and then, but not. Not with any regularity. Uh, plus, the uh, the other thing, I, I do about two hours, and um, I do one of the one of the rare shows where the audience gets homesick. Uh, you know, just <laughs> in the last ten minutes, they start to pine to you know. Yeah. They try to recall the the color of the walls in their kitchen. They like things. To, their past starts to get murky to them towards the end of my show. It's a long show, is what I'm saying. Um, I, yeah, I do about two hours, and because um, uh, I have a lot to say, that's why. Well, it goes along with you singing "Born to Run" or whatever. You know, Thunder Road. Yeah, I'm doing Thunder, Thunder Road. That's right. Spring uh, Sing brings a long show too. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, I was in the Newark airport one time. Sorry. And, uh, and they, uh, I like the Newark. First of all, they're all the same to me. Every airport, except for the Provincetown airport, they are all the same to me. I don't know when people can distinguish so carefully. Uh, it makes no difference. An airport is an airport. And an airline is an airline, perhaps with the exception of, uh, of spirit. <laughs> I, you know, every now that I'll, you know, I'll be traveling and something will happen. Something will go wrong with the plane or there's some reason why it's delayed or why there's some sort of travel challenge. And, you know, there's always that angry passenger who's yelling that they're never going to fly on that uh, on that airline again. And I think to myself, really, uh, because they're all the same. Uh, there's no big difference that I, they all go up in the sky and then. Hopefully come down. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Hopefully come down. Okay. But I, I don't think there's any big vast difference from, uh, from, from airline to airline. There is a new, it's not, you know, some of the challenges are not entirely the fault of the airline at this point either. Uh, the FAA has a new rule that there has to be two jerks on every plane. <laughs> and sometimes they're delayed. Like recently uh, I was on one that was delayed because we only had one jerk. <laughs> So they had to, you know, they couldn't take off. They had to ask for volunteers. I did raise my hand. Uh, I said, I'm not putting my seat back forward no matter what you say. And they thanked me. And then we taxied. But that's a new rule. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a new and important rule. I, you know, actually, my flights just recently, there hasn't been any big trouble. But there was that, I, you know, there, there was the, the, there has been a shift in the temperament of the consumer in, you know, over the course of recent years. And uh, people can be a little on the nasty side. Uh, this whole world is a bunch of nasty people. Oh, my God. I'm listening to a book. Uh, I'm, I just started listening to a book yesterday about COVID. Uh, no, it's not about COVID. About why did I say that? I'm listening to a book about QAnon. Oh. <laughs> in fact it's you know i i like audiobooks um and this is a very it's it's a very good book i'm sure that i would enjoy reading it as well but i i have so many chores to do i have 10 cats and two big dogs for one thing and 
so there's a lot of physical labor in my dwelling and uh, it, it makes it, it makes it go down a little easier if I'm entertaining myself by listening to something. So uh, so I, I I love audiobooks. Um, and this, you know, obviously it's important that the book itself be good, but the other element is a good reader is a thing of beauty. And this book is it has a really terrific reader. Um, but it's about QAnon. So every paragraph or so he does go, ah. Cause it's, it's so, it's, it's so scary. So out there. And there's no, there's no real good explanation for why anybody falls into a, uh, what's it called? Uh, what do they call that? Cult. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, there's another phrase for it that they use a person who believes in, uh, I mean, conspiracy theorist. That's you know, the word. That's, yeah. You know, my word recall is not that good. And that's not good for my job. Your job is fine, Paula. Come on, let's be real. Well, fortunately, I'm working in an intimate place. That's true. And you are working in that intimate place in Annapolis, Maryland on March 11th for 630 show. And I looked and there's only about six seats there for the 630 show left. And there are a few left for the 930 show. Um, so I suggest everybody go out and get a ticket to see Paula Poundstone there. I got a question for you. What what if things went south for you back in 1979 when you were just hitting the road? What would you be doing today? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was a terrible student. I've long fantasized about going to school anyways. Um. Even in my fantasy, I'm a terrible student. So uh, maybe I would have, you know, maybe I would have done, a, a, you know, a, maybe I would have been a a good helper. Um, I, I like done a career where you, you actually help people. Like sometimes I have thought, and again, fantasy. Sometimes I've thought that I would be a good hospice care worker because I love people. And I'm not really that thrown by death. Uh, but you know what? I might talk to him for that. that. People might find that, yeah, that might not be good. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, one of the things that happens to me is that, and it's partly how I work on stage too, which is that everything that gets said reminds me of yet one more thing that I, I feel that I must say, you know. So a lot of times it's like, Okay, like here's an example. A thousand years ago, I met this was like very, very soon after Barbara Boxer, who was a representative in the state of California, became a senator in the state of California. It was at the same time that Dianne Feinstein became a senator in the state of California. Um, but this was like a long, long time ago, right around that time. Um, and and I bumped into Barbara Boxer on an airplane and uh, long story short, I had been at an event that she was at the night before, wherein she had told this story about a very famous photograph that she was in that uh, involved a, a sort of a, a historic event. And I, again, long story short, I end up sitting down beside her and she didn't want to talk. It was clear that she didn't want to talk. 
um, it was early in the morning. She was tired, but I finally sort of cajoled her into talking and she began to tell the story of the famous photograph at which point, And she says, and we marched up the Senate stairs and all of a sudden I hear myself say, oh, I went to the Senate once. Like I interrupted <laughs> Barbara Parker and to tell some story about a public tour of the Senate that I had taken, like in that way. <laughs> so maybe I wouldn't be a great hospice worker because maybe people would be, you know, the loved ones would be telling me the merits of the, you know, of, of their friend or that's passing. And I, I, I would say, oh, I did that. You know, I just, <laughs> maybe I wouldn't. Maybe. The, the person would be trying to say their last words and I would interrupt. Maybe. Maybe that's not such a good idea after all. <laughs> so, so I guess what you're telling me is that you've got a 20 minute set, but it just turns into two hours because one... that's exactly right. <laughs> that is exactly right. <laughs> that's my, a... favorite, my favorite part of my show is actually, I, I do the time honor. I talk to the audience. I do the time honor, uh, honored, uh, where are you from? What do you do for a living? And in this way, little biographies of audience members emerge and I use that from which to set my sales. And so my show is largely, um, it, it, no two shows are alike. Like the six thirty show will be different than the nine o'clock show. Um, First of all, in the, the 6.30 show, we have to close the curtains because it's still light out. Um, but that's not the only reason. Um, yeah, so it, 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 my whole the whole way my brain works is forgetting and interrupting. Those are my two things. It's been working. It's working. Yeah, so far. So <laughs> far, so good. So far, I feel pretty good about it. Well, I'll tell you, I will let you go. I don't know whether you're going to go back to bed or get out of bed, whatever you're no, going I have to get up. I, I have, I have to, I have to do my chores and then go to the eye doctor. The last time I was at the eye doctor, they had me read the eye chart, right? How they do. Right. And, uh, you know, I couldn't get, I, I didn't read one line correctly. Not one. And, the, and that was, you know, the doctor wasn't in yet. It was, uh, you know, wasn't in the room. They, uh, you know, a tech person does it or, you right. know, and, 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 but so I do the thing. I literally didn't read one line correctly. And then the doctor comes in and he uses the big machine and he looks in my eyes, blah, 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 blah. blah and he goes, okay, you're, you're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> this is after your surgery. Yeah. You know, I think they have a hard time criticizing their own work. So, uh, yeah, it was sort of like Herman Melville. Uh, have you ever read Moby Dick? Oh, a long, long time ago. And it's not a page turner, is it? Not at all. No. See, I've always thought that Melville's dad was his editor. And he was just like, I wouldn't cut a word, son. Um it's just a theory. It's just, I have no proof of that. All right. I'm going to get up and do my chores and right. uh, and go to the eye doctor. It's going to be a fantastic day. I hope it is for everybody. It is. You take care of your 10 cats and your two dogs, two big dogs, right? Two big dogs. Yep. Laying right beside me here on the floor. Absolutely. And we will see you on March 11th here in Annapolis. Ramsheadonstage.com is where you want to go for tickets. Paula, thank you so much for getting your butt out of bed and talking to me this morning. And I can't wait to see you on Saturday. 
All right, thanks a lot. It was fun. I appreciate it. Take care. Bye-bye. This has been a bonus podcast from Ion Annapolis. Please visit us at ionanapolis.net. Follow us on Facebook at All Annapolis and on Twitter at Ion Annapolis. And if you haven't subscribed to the Daily News Brief podcast, go for it. And all of your local news will be delivered to your phone, tablet, or smart device by 6 a.m. every Monday through Friday.